Tom, uh, we have a real problem. Oh, boy, do we. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Millennials are sad again. <laughs> oh, it's the holiday season, you know, as as you're listening yeah. to this. We we just uh, crested the United States uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and now we are officially into the holiday giving season. And as such, non-millennial writers have decided that it's time to do research on millennials about how sad they are about a bastion of holiday workplace anxiety. That is the secret santa gift exchange tom oh uh, yeah well you know what i think a lot of people give millennials a lot of crap but i kind of am like they're just telling us what we've been going along with that sucks <laughs> and they're just giving it a voice i'm kind of a fan of that of like just because we've always done it i am yeah. such a fan of that no, of course. This is this is thank God for millennials because they speak the truth. Yes. Secret Santa gifts exchanges suck. They're the worst. <laughs> I hate them so much. And yet we have a study that anchors this anxiety in the millennials. Uh, it says that 26 percent of millennials admitted to dipping into their savings or overdrafting their accounts to fund an office gift. Wow. Because they really want to get it right. Yes. 78% of millennials felt they contributed more than they should to an office party gift compared to 58% of the rest of the workforce. Mm. Uh, But 58% of the workforce saying it is also significant, if I may say. Uh, And so, uh, but here's the one that really drives it home. 17% of millennials felt, quote, judged by their coworkers based on the gift they chose to contribute. This is why Secret Santa gifts mm. suck. <laughs> Nearly one in three millennials wants to boot the Secret Santa office holiday tradition. They don't want to be judged. They feel like it leaks into all aspects of their work lives. I feel like we need a hashtag <laughs> for canning the Secret Santa. I'm done with it. It's stupid. And psychologists agree. Workplace morale experts suggest that workplaces take mental health into consideration when organizing work events. (laughs) Please, like Secret Santa, it makes your people sad. (laughs) So please stop doing it. We're really taking down Secret Santa. (laughs) Merry damn Christmas, everybody. Welcome to What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Tommy Metz III. And I'm Pete Wright. And every week, we each drag one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. Hopefully. Reach out. Send us the story of your anxieties so we can discuss it to Something Stinky at whatsthatsmell.net. Again, Something Stinky at whatsthatsmell.net. We'd love to hear from you. And there's going to be a listener submission this episode, I bet. You'll have to... <laughs> Stick around to see. What are we doing here, Poirot? <laughs> I'm really, I'm really turning into M Night Shyamalan. All right, <laughs> visit what's that smell.net slash merch. That's right for uh, for our latest and dare I say only item in our merch store. Anything you want with there the universal truth. What's that smell line of uh, products? There is no calm. There is no calm, everybody. (laughs) There is no calm. Tell the world what you really think. Show off your anxiety. Hashtag there is no calm. What's that smell.net slash merch. That would actually make a good Secret Santa gift. Hello. We 
solved another problem. All right. <laughs> Moving ahead. With that, I will go first. As we approach the holidays, oh, I discovered this loud. week <laughs> you're still you're still such a huge fan, right? You love your new. <laughs> All right. Anyways, Peter, as we approach the holidays, I discovered this week that I've been given a gift from Anxiety Santa. So hooray! How generous. Yeah, uh, something showed up. Well, here, let me just start. All month, I've been doing a deep clean in my apartment, going through closets and stuff, and really vetting what I need and donating what I don't. And I have this one closet that I call. <laughs> I admit too many things on this podcast, but I call it my serial killer closet because oh. it's filled with bric-a-brac, top to bottom. Whenever there's something that I get or exchange or something, and I don't know where to go, I just sort of chuck it into the anxiety closet so it's filled with all sorts of stuff like if that's what the if i'm killed horribly and the cops open that they'll be like got it <laughs> this was all coming i had uh crutches from when i <laughs> tore my achilles tendon that i thought would make a good prop i had a bag of rubber bands that i found stapled to another bag of rubber bands a broken polaroid <laughs> camera that i guess i had fantasies of fixing at some point because you know how handy i am just all nonsense stuff and so I was being ruthless with my serial killer closet, just Marie condoing the hell out of it. And then I saw <laughs> She's it. She's totally going to take this, Tom. This is going to be the new condo serial killer anxiety closet. And she's <laughs> already trademarked killer? it. I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah. That woman is a mercenary. <laughs> oh, wait. Did I mention that the... Like, everything is covered in blood. Has the serial killer thing not made any sense? I should have started. I really bury the serial killer lead. It is drenched in blood. And it's not mine, Pete. <laughs> it is not mine. All right. Anyways, I was Marie Kondoing the hell out of it. And then I lifted up a towel. And then I saw it. Sitting on an inner shelf, something I had no idea I was scared of until now. Pete, I'm sorry. I found my very first cockroach. <gasps> Oh, Are, no. We're talking about it, Pete. Oh, Are, no. Can you talk about it? I've I've dialed 9-1, and I'm ready to follow through if you need it. What would I do? I'm on a podcast. Help. Okay. <laughs> we're like 3,000 miles apart. Exactly. Um, listeners might remember that I have an interesting relationship with the devil insect known as the ant, but I've never thought about cockroaches much at all. I've never found anyone anywhere that I've ever lived before. And I kind of thought they just sort of lived in like Gotham City. I don't know. I keep a pretty <laughs> clean apartment, so I never thought it would affect me. But Pete, boy, did it. I didn't get the feeling that I get from ants. The nope thing where I yeah, psychosomatically yeah. feel them crawling all over me. That didn't happen. But this thing stopped me in my tracks. I yelled. I jumped back. I almost tripped over Foster. And I was frozen. Just staring at it. It brought up something so, I overuse this word, primal or something. I was, it was pure repulsion and anxiety. I couldn't will myself to do something with it. I tried to go near it with a paper towel. I backed up. I was going to hit it with a shoe. I dropped the shoe. I was frozen for what felt like a long time. I haven't felt something like this in 
forever. My God, I don't even and feel where this does way that about even ants. come from? That's I think it's because in my head, cock. I mean, for, let me just say first, I'm right with you. What is it really? with cockroaches? I think it's because of all of the news about how they will survive anything. Cockroaches, right? right? They absorb yep. radiation and they turn it back out into evil. They uh, <laughs> like they survive earthquakes. They survive everything, and that makes me think they also might survive shoes. And I'm terrified of finding that out. Like, I don't want to step on right. a cockroach because in my head somewhere, it's going to catch my shoe like Superman and uh, carry me super off. Roach. It's what if he bad. What if he wears it? He starts wearing my yes. shoes and he looks better in them. Oh, ah. God. Oh, that's All a right. crime of fashion and insects. <laughs> it's a crime of both passion and fashion. It's terrible. Oh, fashion, passion. So... Oh, I can tell you what I ended up doing. This is how I was able to do it. I I put Foster in my room and closed the door. I don't know what, what that was a part of it. And then I went and opened my patio door, and I walked into my bathroom, and I grabbed... <laughs> Are you this about to me. tell me that you're herded this out of your house? You, like, herded the yes. cockroach? Well, sort of. I wrapped... Because <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to pick it up with paper towels. It was too thin. So I took an entire bath towel, wrapped it up in the bath towel, ran out to my front patio, and threw the towel and the roach onto the front lawn. And then closed my door. And I was like, I'm going to give it like half an hour. And then I went out, picked up the towel, all nervous. And it was gone, of course. Because it's he, back I mean, in your house. <laughs> yeah. It's back trying on my other shoes. And it's so that's written you a note yeah. for your cabinet that says, screw you, Tom. I'm never leaving. <laughs> he, he put everything back <laughs> that I had thrown out. Oh, <laughs> sneaky roach. Okay, so like you, I was fascinated once my heart re regained beating. I was fascinated. Why such a huge aversion? Because they're not like mosquitoes, ticks, or fleas. Those three things are disease machines. Mosquitoes yeah. are the deadliest animal on the planet, right, and yet I don't right. freeze up when I see one. And cockroaches don't feed directly on our blood, skin, or fluids like all these other things do. But nevertheless, I started to do some research. Humans have hated roaches forever. The Egyptian Book of the Dead, written more than 3,000 years ago, includes a spell invoking the ram-headed god Kahum to banish cockroaches. That was 3,000 years ago, and we were already using gods to invent raid. Wow. So I did some more research about all the ways that we tried, that for a long time, roaches were just taking over the world. And then back in the 1990s, we thought we could stop them. We thought that the war was won because bait traps finally hit the market. And roaches loved these bait traps. They was like cocaine for them, and then it would kill them. Uh, after decades of inefficient home treatments, we had finally de developed something that could really devastate them. And then they stopped working also, because all roaches do or adapt. In 2014, yeah. researchers discovered at least one of the problems. Cockroaches had evolved a glucose aversion. Oh, my the God. Sweet, the sweetener that roaches originally found irresistible now registered them as bitter. We threw delicious poison at them, and they said, no thanks. I'm watching my roach weight. <laughs> so then I went they're into totally what they... They're totally gluten-free. <laughs> they're trying to, like, no, I'm not doing sugar. What if it I'm turns out they're anymore. giving us celiac? It turns That's out. Right. Like, they're the cause. <laughs> I gave some more thought about how they looked, and they seem like they're designed for hatred. It's the color of sewage. It was shiny and wet-looking. It seemed to have no fear of me, 
whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It just stood there. Oh, and its antenna were like waving at me in, dare I say, a mocking manner. And like he was like, yep, this is my shelf now. <laughs> and I put down the towel. And then, yeah. uh, oh, and they're also, they're fast. Yeah. One experiment, they clocked in an American roach moving at 3.5 miles an hour. Whoa. That's the equivalent, said this study, of an adult human running faster than 200 miles per hour. Oh, And, of course, come on. they're super sneaky. They hide, except for this guy who was out getting sun, they hide in dark, gross places. Oh, Let me say God. what I think my aversion, what I figured it out. I watch a lot of TV and have watched a ton of films, and they've been used as shorthand for unclean squalor for as long as I can remember. People don't walk in when the first shot, when cops break into an apartment, is it's shot low and you see little scuttling things disappearing under the fridge. So some primal part of me believes the fact that I have a cockroach now, had, he doesn't live here, means, like peep might, that I'm living (laughs) in unclean squalor, which I promise I'm not. I keep my place nice, but it's like I, he makes it seem like I don't. And it wow. felt really violating yeah. to have found him in my... I felt ashamed. I felt less safe. I felt grossed out. And I felt embarrassed and didn't want anyone to ever find out. And all of that gives me anxiety. So that's why I wanted to talk about it today. Oh, God. Is because I want to bring it out. The first thing I wanted to do was... Like, one of my thoughts was, I hope no one ever finds out about this. That's where anxiety lives. Yeah. So, or as we say in the opening, I'm dragging it out into the light. And it's Ugh. super. Are you okay, buddy? Well, Let's I'm check a little lightheaded. For a they, this is the thing. They don't look great. No. <laughs> and I am so weirded God out by just, your. They don't look great. Yeah. By your anxiety about these things because ants are kind of adorable, and these things are Duh. so not adorable. <laughs> I know. No, they look like either a mix of trash and poop. Um, they just look like things that are supposed to be thrown away. Yeah, I don't know. And it, it really was different than the ants thing. The ants thing propels me into motion. Yeah. I get up, I start uh, stepping up and down as if I'm lifting my feet as if there are ants on the ground, and then I start rubbing my arms. I now know what all of my psychosomatic symptoms are when I think that, uh, when I have ants near me. But this was just... I don't want to be too hyperbolic. There was something a little world-shattering about it. Okay. My apartment is not the same. Both of us need to get over this. This is one of those things. Like, we can do this. This is not a thing that we need to worry about, right? The problem is this. When I think of cockroaches, I think of Creepshow. And Creepshow Ah, is a terrible I've still never actually watched that whole segment. My parents wouldn't let me watch it when I was growing up, and therefore it's become this big bad, and it's too scary because I don't want cockroaches inside of me. Spoiler well, they alert. do, and they get under the mm, they get under the skin, and they crawl around, and it's a real nightmare scape <laughs> of insectness. And so I I'm not crazy about it either. And I watched it. I'm sure the reason I'm upset about cockroaches is because I watched it when I was too young. So yep. what you are saying is they're not necessarily the disease infested things that we are we think they are. No, they're not great. They can cause um, asthma if they're in really high. <laughs> that's for real. Uh, something about what? their roach dander. I don't have notes on this because I wasn't going to bring it up. But yeah, in uh, certain places in New York where there are high concentrations of roaches, uh, asthma, especially in children, uh, skyrocket 
Oh, God. That there's something that comes off the... But that's it. And that's big. But that's also when you're like in a serious, serious infestation. Generally, they have so much... They're so benign. Uh, why then did the Egyptians start this thing and now hand it down to us? I'm sorry if you've already said this. I feel like I blacked out after you started talking <laughs> about roaches in your house. They're gross. They hide. They remind us that we don't have control over stuff. When you okay. kill them, they emit a odor that is like a toilet. They are made to discuss oh. us. Disgust oh. us, I feel. <laughs> Well, oh, I didn't want to God. be so gross about this. No, you're gross. It's awful. Okay. No, well, it's you, terrible. You asked. I don't know. Okay. This was a. I regret this show. James, you were uh, the whole podcast. The whole podcast. <laughs> I regret podcast being invented. Let's tear it all down. <laughs> you're next, internet. <laughs> well, there is a. Of course, do you have a guess on how? Uh, doctors, if you want to try to get over this phobia, if it is debilitating, which it. Would be for me if I had a lot of cockroaches. So far, I've had one in a zillion years, and I went out, like, I'm wearing roach traps now. <laughs> like, I bought stuff, and they're in the house, and hopefully, yeah. I think so, we can do this. We can do this. Okay. We can get over this one. Because roaches you, are not bad, right? Oh. They're not that bad. They look gross, but we can change that, because there's lots of things that look gross, and we're able to get over it. Okay. I'm just saying, I have hope You're, for both uh, of uh, us. Tell me what to do. Do you are you going to be in Spain? Oh, there's a thing in Spain. There's a thing in Spain. A team of researchers at the James University in Spain are using augmented reality <gasps> to treat cockroach uh, phobias. Uh, augmented reality, of course, is computerized images that are projected through glasses uh, into the real world allowing for a more convincing encounter. That's right, Pete. It's our old friend. Exposure therapy. Uh, to apply this to cockroach phobia therapists, the headset creates a vision of cockroaches running over the wearer's actual hand. Yeah, okay. You do this for one to three hours, and they say after two to three visits, you're very it's nearly gone. cured. Yeah. So let me just But even you. that's too much. Yeah. While I was reading <laughs> that paragraph, I just noticed my shoulders are all the way up. <laughs> Because I'm pr I'm protecting my neck. What roaches don't have knives, but I'm doing that thing where you crunch up and protect your neck when yeah. you're afraid of something. Yeah. So I got to tell you something. I, you know, I am a former owner of rats as pets. Did you know I know that? Did I you? Don't know. Does that weird you out? No, because I don't find rats scary for some reason. I okay. find all the dumb things scary. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm totally with you. But rats and so I'm looking at our old friend audible.com and I was looking for things that are related to uh, rats and cockroaches, actually cockroaches. And what came up was a brief history of cockroaches and rats. And the cover photo showed the meanest looking like biker cockroach. And I'm thinking, I wonder why we're all scared of cockroaches. Like this is a cockroach yeah. that will like shiv you. And right next to it is a rat like they're associated together and i think people are creeped right. out by the thing i was creeped out by rats until we heard from friends that rats are adorable and they're great pets and so we invested in a couple of rats and i have to tell you they are adorable they are wonderful little so. pets yeah and uh, mine would sit on my shoulder like a pirate pet and it would hang out while i was working and sometimes i'd put my feet up on the ottoman and it would crawl out my legs and put its little feet on the tips of my toes like it was looking out over the bow of a ship and if something scared <laughs> it it would not run for cover like escape it would run back up my body to my neck and hide behind my head Cute. like they were the Right now, there are people rolling over with 
disgust and anxiety. I know. I'm really, I'm, I'm sorry about that. But I have to tell you from my experience, like I was able to get over it by snuggling with a rat and that that's real. Oh, so you're saying very hard time imagining you and I snuggling with cockroaches, but I'm just saying there has to be hope. You know how I got foster my dog foster. I fostered him. I'm thinking about fostering a rat. It's no fostering a cockroach. I mean a cockroach? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to invite that cockroach that was in there before, Tal- Towley, I call him, uh, and I'm going to sort of bring him back in, and we're going to start light. Like, he'll have one room, I'll have the other, yeah. and then, you know, game night, uh, and we'll start to really try to get to know each other. Um, no, none of that's ever going to happen, but I do, ironically, the only answer to it really is more roaches. Because yeah. then I would get used to it and realize it is not something that affects me very much. But I don't want that. So instead, we're just going to burn this entire building down. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have movie night with Joe's apartment. Remember those had singing and dancing cockroaches in that movie? Oh, with Jerry O'Connell? I never yeah. saw that. Was That's that real? Right. I think was... I thought I dreamed that. No, it was legit. Singing and dancing cockroaches. You didn't miss anything. I think that that's probably what I'm missing is musical numbers. On second thought, just burn the place down. Okay, deal. Back at it! (laughs) This year in anxiety! Pete, on last week's episode, you talked about astrophobia, or the fear of space. One thing we didn't cover that much was extraterrestrial life. Here's an anxiety bee for your space bonnet. Could aliens be real? Well, on August 15th, 1977, the Ohio State University's, quote, Big Ear radio telescope, end quote, picked up a powerful radio band signal coming from the Sagittarius constellation. It lasted for the full 72-second window during which Big Ear was able to observe it and bore all the expected hallmarks of extraterrestrial origin. It was dubbed the WOW signal as astronomer Jerry R. Ehrman wrote the word WOW on the computer printout (laughs) of the anomaly. To this day, it remains the strongest candidate for an alien radio transmission ever detected. And that makes me anxious, because aliens are what? Terrifying. Yes. Do you know why it didn't make bigger headlines, Pete? Uh, That's all I'm wondering right now, Tom. Because it was buried by the fact that Elvis Presley died the next day. August 16th, 1977. So, 1977, the year that aliens accidentally butt-dialed us before invading us and then had to kill Elvis to cover it up. You think you've got it bad. (laughs) Poor Elvis. Wow. Uh, But I have to tell you about something else, because my goodness, this show is sponsored by the fantastic Audible.com. Uh, with Audible, you can get over 190,000 uh, audio books, dramatizations, Audible originals. You can get all of these things for your glass rectangles. And with by supporting this show, you can get one for free right now at www.audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast. And the thing we're going to recommend today is by one of our very favorite authors, I think, collectively. And that is the great Neil Gaiman. Gaiman? Yes. Gaiman. I don't Jugular? know where, where that voice comes from. <laughs> what is that? Uh, the, the That's one of the producers that brought us Jugular. <laughs> 
<laughs> the book that we're talking about here is Neverwhere, and we're doing it. Why, Tom? Because it largely takes place in the sewers where roaches live. <laughs> there aren't roaches so in it, but there's a lot gross. of sewer time. <laughs> so gross. Uh, but I'll tell you, you can either get the full book, which is actually narrated by Neil Gaiman himself. It's 13 oh. hours and 48 minutes. You can get that one for free. Or if you really want to play with it, you can get the Neverwhere BBC Radio full cast dramatization. Oh. Uh, and that one is narrated by Christopher Lee, James McAvoy, Natalie Dormer, David Harewood, Sophie Oconedo, Benedict Cumberbatch, the Batch himself, and wow. Anthony Head. Uh, and you know Anthony Head. Oh, well, you really ended on a big one. Who's, wait, do I know Head. who Anthony Head? Are you kidding? Oh, he was Giles. He, he was Luke Skywalker. What? He was Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't know what any of those words are. Oh, is that uh, the guy in the in the glasses? Yes. I only saw the musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but Which, I loved it. Once more with feeling, it was fantastic. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Not going to lie to you. Audible. Anyhow, www.audibletrial.com slash scent of a podcast. If you go there and search for this book, you sign up for a new account. You have 30 days free to browse the service. Pick whatever book you want. If you don't want Neverwhere, that's fine. We don't care. But then you pick your book, you download your book, you keep the book forever. If you decide you don't want to be, to remain a member of the Audible service, you can cancel anytime and keep the book forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Audible. And now, on with the show. Tom. Mm, Peter Rio. I... <laughs> not loving that. Well, it's okay. Exposed. It's okay. Exposure therapy, Pete. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give it All a right. couple more weeks. I, I have to start with an apology to you. Oh. I know, in spite of this fancy new nickname you've given me, I know <laughs> how much you hate it when this podcast gets um, scatological. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So... I came across. Oh no! A, a, <laughs> the moment of That's realization what this, this means that like we're all lightning. gonna. So this whole episode is just a pass <laughs> for like it. half of our listeners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I right. see. The problem is, is I came across a listener submission that had been buried in my email since February. Okay. And, oh. And I feel wow. like it's sort of there's a sort of podcast obligation that we actually come back around to talk about it. We made a podcast pact. We did. It's a podcast yeah. act. And podcast now we have to talk about this. So the the whole thing is, Tom, whatever we talk about from this point forward is not my fault. Oh, man. So I'm just never eating again, is what we're saying. <laughs> well, I, I no. could stand to lose a few yeah. pounds. So bring yeah, it on. Maybe it's okay. The fault, of course, belongs to Anonymous. Uh, before I share uh, anon- Anonymous's uh, yep. uh, email to us, I will, in fact, tell you a few things as we discuss disgust oh okay <laughs> got it disgust what do you think of when i when i say disgust revulsion grossness how, how does it hit you like what is it what do you look like what happens to you i scrunch up my face i almost reflexively i'm sure that i close my mouth because when i think about disgust yeah. i think the most visceral thing is that that's somehow going to get in my mouth close and that's the, the bombay doors hal yeah Cr- Correct. Mm-hmm. And then I usually say, close the Bombay doors, Hal. <laughs> and during that, Hal, my mouth is wide open and whatever it is just runs in. <laughs> You're in real trouble. This is yeah. a fascinating thing to discuss because it is, uh, you know, science says, doctors will name later, that it, it disgust is recognizable across cultures. 
that it is one oh. of the Darwin originally the, said that there are yeah. six basic emotions, and this one is recognizable across cultures. While experiences of love and happiness and anger and frustration might sometimes you know be confused when you go to you know, I don't know Singapore or Malaysia wherever, sure. this one everybody gets right huh. your face does that thing gets all tight you your your blood pressure goes down you believe it or not reduction in skin conductance comes with disgust of course what nausea, do those words mean you're less electrical I don't know. Oh. It feels like it feels to me as I'm reading all these things, <laughs> your lowered blood pressure, reduced skin conductance, nausea, everything slows down like you just right. are that because that is the precursor to passing out. Right. That's that's like oh, the thing sure. that happens before. And uh, and so uh, and of course, you know, the face. Yep. Which is the legendary disgust face. What brings us uh, we talk about all this, which then brings us to indoor plumbing. Hallelujah. For this Hooray. salvation that allowed us to stop doing our business in holes outside of our homes, right? Yeah. And we are free to flush it away far, far away from us in mere seconds without having to engage with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, we Starting don't... To get nervous. Right? We don't have to cover it in <laughs> lime. We don't have, have to, like, mix it with anything. We don't have to look at it or smell it or see it. It's just gone, right? Mm -hmm. Aren't we lucky humans? But that does beg the question, Tom. Why, then... Do we introduce animals in our lives that put us in even more direct tactile contact with waste? Uh, like pets, you mean? Which brings me to our listener submission. Ah, Anonymous! Who is the whistleblower? The whistleblower has written, Tom, I have anxiety about getting pets because I can't stand seeing dog or cat poop. I know oh. everyone says it's different when it's your pet, but just seeing it or talking about it makes me gag. Oof. Mm hmm Yes. This is actually called the fear of feces, Tom, and there's a there's a real word That's for it. That's kind of a lazy name. <laughs> oh, okay, there is. <laughs> there, there's an official word for it. It is the abnormal or persistent fear of feces, bowel waste. Uh, it suffers of this fear experience anxiety, even though they realize their fear is irrational. They go out of their way to avoid coming into contact with feces, sometimes even seeing the feces. It is termed coprophobia, C-O-P-R-O-phobia, derived from the Greek Copros meaning dung and phobos meaning yikes. Yeah. It it's a gross one. So why do you even have a dog? I have a dog. I do the same thing. I I have to walk around behind the dog picking up its poop in my hands. I mean there's a bag there, but I'm, I'm holding. <laughs> I was about to I was like follow-up question. What's wrong with you? It, <laughs> putting it in my pocket. <laughs> For my scrapbook. Great. So yeah. bad. Why what does is it easier somehow because it's your dog? Do you have a problem with the dog uh poo in general? I really don't. I had a dog growing up and I was always in charge of cleaning up after it. Yeah. And when it's my dog, if I step in something that's not from my dog, I'm pretty disgusted and it's gross. Uh -huh. My dog, I'm going to let anonymous. I mean, she's she or he's been around since February, so I don't even know they could be anywhere. But uh, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm going to let them down by saying it doesn't bother me at all when it's Foster's. I don't even yeah. think about it. That's it's just something to, yeah, I have to remember to have bags. That's all. Yeah. But I've, yeah. Had, I've used a leaf once. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I actually I have too. And and so it it is a strange thing, but I do have there's a little bit more skittishness at the dog park, although I have been known to pay it forward. Sometimes I'm at the dog park and my dog goes, but I can't find it again. So I'll just so pick up another else's. dog's. Yeah, yeah, I'll just pick up another dog's poop. And I have trouble. I sometimes I'm like, Ugh. and sometimes I'm like one of those people at the dog park. And I, I don't like this about myself where you stand there and you see a dog pooping, but nobody seems to be getting it. So you just start saying, well, we got business here. We got business. And you're pointing to it like there's <laughs> hey, an alert. Hey, yeah. we got boy, oh doing boy. Anybody going to get what, this? Uh, yeah. What doesn't pick itself up? Quiz time. <laughs> Nobody enjoys you at the dog park. Pete. Nope. I am the least popular. Yeah. Yes. So uh, anyhow, this is the thing. We have to talk a little bit about what makes us disgusted about feces. Right. right? It takes us back to our very first episode of the show when I talked about smell particles and they creep into your nose and that causes oh, me oh, that's great right. anxiety. It turns out that Anonymous is right to be disgusted. And in fact, our species, along with many others, go out of our way to avoid things that gross us out. And so I have a psychologist here, uh, Paul Rosen, on the line, Paul, uh, from University of Pennsylvania, <laughs> and he says, when we get disgusted over something like decaying meat, feces, vomit, blood, our, our sense of disgust helps us stay away from that stuff. We avoid microorganisms that live in gross things that might get us sick. Right. Okay? Yeah. We've talked about that. Psychologist Steven Pinker says the same. He says that disgust may reflect, quote, an intuitive understanding of microbiology. Since germs are transmissible by contact, it's not surprising that something that touches a yucky substance is itself forever yucky. <gasps> it's the transitive property of yuckiness. Wait, did he use the word yucky? He did. I quoted a doctor. He's not a doctor. <laughs> He's actually a famous person. Really? Famous. In his Marty. same paper, yeah. does he call it poopy? Because <laughs> I don't believe. <laughs> I think the MD stands for something else. <laughs> Uh, right? I am pretty excited about this. So uh, okay. here's here are some examples. Cows, they do not graze near where their poop lives. Right? And cows are notorious for get like if they ate near where their poop was, they would be just destroyed with parasitic yeah. lungworm, right? Because that's where it, it lives. And they're always I feel like cows are always almost a complete mess. Yes, they are always yeah. almost a complete mess. Imagine if they just ate where more poop was. Like if they were left to their own desserts, right? They would right. go out and they would graze in clean, fresh grass. Then they would go right. somewhere else to poop. Sheep, same thing. Researchers at University of Aberdeen show in experiments that sheep overwhelmingly prefer grassland uh, that is not contaminated with feces. And in this university study, they actually tried to get sheep to see if they could tell the difference between poop that was contaminated by, like, worms and stuff and poop that was uncontaminated by anything bad, uh, other than that it was just poop. And they were unable, like, the sheep, they just were like, no, I don't want any poop. Why would I want right. to see uh, to microorganisms or not? I'm not going to eat my poop because you know, civilized. And so they now civilized because of evolution. <laughs> because of evolution, yeah. right. And so now the researchers have have really said, you know, it turns out sheep avoid all poop. Uh, horses and wild reindeer and many primates, they all avoid poopy plots. This connects to our first anxiety with the glucose now becoming bitter. Yes. Because right. they just, they didn't learn anything. Evolution is such a dumb 
like brick of a <laughs> blunt yeah. object yeah. of adaptability, but too many of them that were excited about the bait traps died. So they started to be like, uh, nope. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, get ready yeah. for this. What oh, no. about filthy, filthy mice, Tom? Oh, I like what mice. About them? No, they're filthy. Let me let me tell you why. Wait, Do you watch, mice are you ever... filthy and rats aren't? Yeah, well, you know, this the study in particular did not do uh, rats. They did the mice. So filthy, filthy mice introduce what I like to call the walking dead paradox. Do you watch the walking dead? I used to. All right. Here, get a load of this. Okay. So you're a mouse. Why and you're thinking, hey, I want to burrow in that sweet, sweet, sweet hole. I'm going to go into that hole and I'm going to smell, hmm, there's a little poop in there. And maybe I'm going to say, oh, it's not my poop. And you would imagine if you were, let's say, a tiny, tiny sheep, you would run away because you don't like poopy places. It turns out mice are all up in the poopy places. They what? go for the poop, even if it's Why? not their poop. Yeah. Stop saying poop uh-huh. so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> and stop doing your weird mouse character work. <laughs> from the 1930s. Yeah. He, he seemed misogynistic mm. to me. Hey, everybody. Hey. Yeah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that poop. 23 <laughs> skidoo. Hashtag poop too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, why would these mice possibly be into poopy places? Do you have a guess? Um, now that you know that this is also called the walking dead paradox. Oh, no, I, that even I had a guess, but you reminding me of the clue pushed me farther away. Well, oh, wait, what that says oh, wait, is it's a on. terrible is it clue. That is it because other people won't go near those places, That's so right. the mice are protected. That's right, Tom. That's exactly one hundred percent right. Oh, because on The Walking Dead, they p- covered themselves with zombie juice, yep. and then they could blend in with the zombies. Got you, it. Do you see? What Sorry, we the did walkers. Just there? We tell yeah. you here that in fact, cows and sheep and horses and reindeer and all sorts of animals really, really avoid poop. So if you're a mouse and you are normally eaten by other animals, maybe you want to cover yourself in something that other animals avoid. Not that right. I'm saying cows and sheep actually eat mice. They do not. No. But somewhere in the food chain, above mouse, is something that avoids poop and eats mice. And <laughs> that is a fascinating thing. So what they're saying is that mice have gotten over this disgust thing because they have to balance this complicated equation. Do I want to live another day uh, or do I want to risk getting sick from parasitic worms that live in poop, potentially? And they have to balance that. Isn't that a fascinating thing? Now, that takes us all the way back to humans, which is you're doing the right thing to not live in a place with a lot of poop near you, that it is an evolutionary thing. It and it's really, really okay if you just don't want to get over coprophobia. There, sure. Thankfully, I was able to find, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a an episode that we did long ago uh, where I was able to walk you through a, a quiz, right? An online test to see if you suffer hard enough from an anxiety to merit help. And it was from yes. Change That's Right Now. And it was that, like, fill in the blank, you know, all of their anxiety website right. copy was just, like, find and replace anxieties. Yes. They <laughs> actually have one for coprophobia. Immediate oh. help for coprophobia. And uh, coprophobia can always be overcome. Trusted, <laughs> effective treatment for 
coprophobia. <laughs> it is amazing. And the quiz is exactly the same as you can, as you might remember. It is a thing that says, are you suffering from it? And how hard are you suffering from it? And does suffering from it in, get in the way of your relationships? You're suffering from it so bad. I remember that. Yeah. Do you yeah. hate poop? Do you hate poop? <laughs> Do you Hate? And it was like, yes, yes. I have work in the morning. <laughs> this test is terrible. <laughs> I remember that. Okay, yeah. The bottom line is, if you really, really want to get over coprophobia, you can yeah, exposure therapy, uh, talking uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Like you can, you can move past this if you really want it, and it, you can get to the point where you can approach the poop and not fear it. And uh, so it, and, it's and I think that your thoughts are correct. I know that you were sort of maybe discounting it. I think it will be different if it is your pet. Yeah, I think so I too. think that we are if you when you fall in love with something part of we've been talking a lot about evolution. We are giving each other signals that I mean, there's a reason why we clean up after babies. Yeah. Right. And it's not just, you know, because we want to be civil. It's because there is something hardwired in us to make it not so distasteful. Exactly. It's not the best, but it is lowered because it is being overpowered by your love for this thing. So I yes. think that there's hope. Yeah. I think there's absolutely hope. You should totally give it a shot because it's a chemical bond you get with your pets, right? Once you you fall in love with it, it's so it it's just you'll put up with a lot of stuff. And believe me, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, we're just talking about what comes out the back end. Wait till you start messing with it, what comes out the front. Oh God. Insults. Wait. <laughs> that might just be my dog. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us for this disgusting episode. Today's tune is Hi by Guy Mark. Hi by Guy Mark. <laughs> Coming up next week. <laughs> hey, Russian listeners. <laughs> Please leave our country alone. <laughs> we clearly know nothing about your country. Yeah, we know nothing. Sorry. Except the news has us really scared that you now run our country. So you know what you are? You're an anxiety swigger. <laughs> That's what we should have, we should have called this anxiety key party. Oh. Well, I'll tell you that at least would have been better for our SEO. What do you think the shark is going to say? Meat. He doesn't say meat because we're actually oh. anthropomorphizing the shark now, and you've you've sort of oh. taken the metaphor and taken it in a new direction. I like that. I like that sort of oh, blue okay. sky Sorry. thinking that you're doing here. But we're gonna we're <laughs> let gonna me try again. The try. shark goes rah. Until then, I'm Pete Wright. And I am Tommy Metz III. Thank you so much for downloading. We'll be back next week on What's That Smell? 